This is episode 655 of the AWS podcast, released on March 1st, 2024. This is the AWS podcast. I'm your host for today, Julian Ford. This is our second episode in our energy series. Episode one, we took a broad view of the energy industry and how the energy transition is shaping the energy industry. In this episode, we're going to zoom in and look at how organizations are changing to leverage data as they go through the energy transition. And so today, my guest is an expert on this topic. Uh, We've got Craig Suckling. So Craig, please introduce yourself to the listeners here of AWS Podcast. Thanks, Jillian. Thanks all for listening. My name's Craig Suckling. I lead our AWS data strategy team. And we're a team that goes across all industries working with our customers to unlock business and customer value with data and to do that at scale to really increase the surface area for innovation with data across organizations. And so we talk a lot about culture, a lot about organizational change as a critical part next to technology that needs to come together to really drive change with data in a valuable way. I know all of the chief data officers, the CIOs who are listening right now, they're totally nodding their heads because they know that this is a problem. So they've come to you probably and they're like, we need help. So I'm sure they're like thinking right now when wondering like, Craig, what is it that you are seeing? So can you tell us about what you're really seeing with energy companies? What are they doing right now to overcome these challenges? organizations that we see that are truly successful at scale with data have got a few things right. Firstly, they've changed their mindset to where data lives and is operated. They know that data is too vast, too varied, is being created too quickly to exist in just a central place. Data is owned and operated across the business, and they really think about data as a product, something that can be used uniformly can be interoperable across many different organizational pieces um, and distributed really well. And so these organizations that are successful, they've distributed data. They have a more autonomous culture of owning and using data, producing it and consuming it. And they don't have silos across their organization. They connect the dots. They create valuable insights across the organization with data as well. Wow, you just gave a lot. So let's break that down here because it's such a big topic. So can you give me an example to make it more concrete for our listeners of what exactly these successful organizations are doing here? Because I feel like this is something that Amazon actually does. And maybe you can speak to how it is that Amazon's able to do this. And if there's any examples that you've seen from the energy industry, so the people who are listening, they can just get really expired from these different use cases. Yeah, definitely. So like you look at Amazon and when I say Amazon, this is the retail business. It's not AWS. This is all of their fulfillment centers worldwide, their logistics operations. This is Twitch. It's Prime. It's Alexa. They've created essentially what they call their data marketplace. And the idea here is that back in 2018, where they realized that appetite for data was growing exponentially across the business, they had to keep pace with that. They had to make sure that the business had the data that they required at their finger pit so that they could continue to innovate with data at a faster and faster clip and show value to all of their customers across their business areas. So what they did was they moved towards 
a data marketplace. The inspiration for it came from Amazon.com. Just as a shopper can find it as easy as possible to buy anything on Amazon.com, they wanted all of their business users to be able to shop for data as easily. And for them, what they did was they really ensured that all of those teams producing data across the organization were able to make data available as a product. And that's over 4,000 different producer teams across the organization. On the other end of the equation, all of the consuming teams in the business, in Twitch, in Alexa, in the fulfillment centers, they could discover and subscribe to that data. And that's over 2,200 different consuming teams. In Amazon, we call those teams two pizza teams because you can feed them with two pizzas. They're small, cross-functional in nature, and they're embedded in the business. So highly distributed model that Amazon uses for their data marketplace, petabytes of data being used across this, thousands of producers, thousands of consumer teams, all run from a relatively small central data team, only 150 or 170 people max in that central team. And their focus is on creating the technology and the tooling to allow for all of those producers and consumers to distribute data effectively across the organization. And Amazon has been able to continue to innovate and meet the business as they scale with the right data at the right pace as well. So that's a great story from Amazon. Jillian, you did ask for two. So I'll give you a second as well. Angie, they're another great example. If you're not familiar with Angie, they're a French utility organization and they've been on a journey to convert their business to a sustainable carbon neutral business in the coming years. So they've invested heavily in a lot of new sustainable wind farms and data has been a key piece for them. They operate in over 25 different regions and business units across the world and they need to be able to do things really effectively and in a standardized way, like monitoring asset usage in the field, predicting when maintenance should occur on some of these big wind turbines. Data is really important to that. So they've created what they call a common data hub, which is essentially allowing for data across their rich energy assets to be distributed as a product uniformly across the organization. But importantly, all of the different teams that sit across their 25 different areas, they need to operate within the regulatory requirements of that region. So they can take data around asset maintenance, around asset optimization, and leverage it within the specific needs of their regulatory environment as well. So they're doing this at scale across their organization. And I'll leave this with like one data point from like their, their CDIO, which I always love. And you know, the, the data point that he said is, you know, if you can just shave 1% of cost of a $500 million asset, you do the math on the savings on that. And that's what they're seeing with data distributed as a product across their organization. Wow, that is a really big stat. And I know the main thing that everyone's probably listening to is like, all right, tell me how. So how does an energy company start their data journey to build a data community and leverage their own data? And maybe you can walk through, like, what does their journey to a modern data community look like for energy companies? To begin with, this is not a binary switch. It's a big initiative. It's a think big opportunity to really change how you think about data. And you cannot approach that with monolithic thinking. You can't switch this on overnight across your entire organization. Where we see organizations being really successful in doing this is really from two things. One is they identify priority areas in the business where there's appetite to start to own more of their own data, where there is a need, and that might be doing things like solving for predictive maintenance, 
delivering better sustainability tracking on emissions across the org or creating better customer experience, engage with those parts of the business where there's appetite, where there's priority need, and start there. Show value quick, gather learnings about how this is working. Are we embedding data correctly into these parts of the organization? Are we giving them the right tools? Do they have the right support for training? And then scale iteratively. So that's number one point is like start small and then scale. The second piece then is you have to bring the business along for the journey. What we're talking about here is more accountability for data across the organization. And often the business does not have all the right skills and all the right tools to begin with. So you need to collaborate with them. You need to upskill, change mindset as you build with them. And those can be very effective kind of ways to go about really ensuring that you are scaling sustainably on this journey. What I love about what you just said is that the culture part is a prerequisite because I know a lot of people, they probably were thinking that you were going to tell them, oh, you've got to be able to use you know, AWS Glue. You've got to be able to use lake formation. Or even if they didn't, don't know what those services are, they probably thought that you were going to dive into the technical details of the how. But really what you're saying is you've got to get the culture part. You've got to be able to have that those products in place and the systems in order to be able to start building and supporting your data strategy at scale. So I love how that you just went to that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and this might be a, a nice time just to kind of throw some data points at you. So like we do a, an annual survey of CDOs with MIT and Wavestone where we understand what is important, what's working for all these organizations that are trying to do more with data. And to what you just said, no surprises, all organizations across all industries now see data as a priority. 99.9% have data as a strategic priority. Only 24% categorize themselves as data-driven. And that hasn't changed in five years. So many are failing still. And the number one reason that's always cited is culture um, and organizational change in the business. It's a really important part to get right of your, in terms of your data strategy. The technology obviously is important. But technology is almost becoming the easier part of the equation. And change and shifting mindset and shifting culture in the business is now becoming the piece that's really essential to get right. Well, I think the part that's comforting here to the people who are listening is that because of the gap, there's so many people who haven't are still struggling with that journey. They're like, oh, probably people are a little bit relieved. They're like, okay, I'm not the only one that's really struggling here because you hear of a lot of other businesses that are maybe, you hear the tail ends. You hear the ones that are really data-driven. Maybe those are the ones in the news, but you don't hear as much of the ones that are Still kind of struggling, but fortunately here, the next couple of questions were really going to help those who are still struggling with that cultural transformation, that mindset, that shift to be able to have some concrete takeaways so they can really get started in those small steps, like you were saying earlier. So you were talking earlier, Craig, about a data product. So what does that look like? So I should begin by saying here that many organizations need to make sure that they have got this definition clear across their business as a first step, because many people will have different understandings or definitions for what data as a product looks like. In its simplest definition, you can think about this as things like a single place to describe everything about your customer or a single place to describe everything about your carbon footprint across the organization or all of your assets. So these are holistic domains that can exist independent, but can still deliver value to the consumer of that information as a singular thing around customer, I can still get great insight. But they're also interoperable. 
I can connect the dots between a data product for assets around machinery to yield of a product and emissions. And I can understand then the interplay between my machinery, the emissions that they are generating, and the yield that I need to optimize for. So data as a product should be useful individually, but interoperable with others so that you can get value across value chains. And it should be safe and secure. So those are some of the key attributes. Now, just to add another layer to this, there are essentially two types of data products. I've been talking a lot around what we often call as foundational. They're very core to your business. They enable many secondary or composite products. And so an example of that might be where you are looking at creating a recommendation engine to build better personalization for customers. That might be a composite product that uses many foundational products. It needs to have customer data. It needs to understand product data. It needs to understand pricing data. It brings all of those three things together and creates a new use case, a new product, which is more analytical machine learning to deliver value. So there are two types of products you can think about in any organization. There are foundational and there are composite, and they map together to drive value across the organization. Wow, I love that explanation that you just gave. So I want to go back to the concept of the two pizza team, because I know people who have studied how Amazon operates, they hear this a lot, and they want to really understand this process because it's just so integral as one of the many things that makes Amazon really unique in the company it is today. So can you tell me what are the characteristics and roles that make up a two pizza data team? You know, I mentioned earlier, the reason why we call them two pizza teams at Amazon is because they are small enough to feed with two pizzas, six to eight people. Now, if I'm talking to an energy provider in Texas, I often get into an argument about the fact that they could probably feed their team with one pizza because their pizzas are bigger, right? So like, it depends. But you get the idea. Essentially, these teams are nimble. They're driving innovation. They're, they're focused on particular business goals with data. They're cross-functional in nature as well. And so what often, you know, when you look at the different roles that come together in a two-pizza data team, they have a product owner and a scrum lead focused on the business priorities, the backlog of key use cases they should be building to. They have analysts who are interpreting the data, telling good stories, understanding insight. They have engineers who are building pipelines or transform and load procedures for the data. And they then have data viz folks who are more focused on creating visualization and BI. And they'll also be then data scientists who are creating machine learning models. Um, so those are some of the typical roles that come together. And like I said, the characteristics here are very much about being cross-functional, being autonomous, limited dependencies with other teams so they can run fast, focused on their part of the business to really deliver value quick and fed by two pizzas. Love that definition. So with two pizza teams, are you seeing them able to allow people to iterate rapidly, reduce risk? Are those some things that you're seeing? Yeah. And so if two pizza teams are the way that you construct teams to deliver innovation at scale, the approach to doing that needs to be based on iterative agile methodology. And so when we think about how these teams work really effectively across organizations, they take what we often refer to as a minimal viable product approach, and they take slices of solutions and iterate. And so there's a couple of things to just talk to there. One is they stay focused on business value. If the priority is 
to optimize operations for sustainability. They will stay focused on that as the key initiative. And they'll use that. In Amazon, we talk a lot about working backwards. They'll work backwards from that priority to then determine the right data solution. And because they're cross-functional, they create a full slice of a data solution. They think about where data is coming from, where it should be stored, what analytics or machine learning needs to be done on it, how it should be consumed back to the right people, and the feedback loops it generates. But they do that in a minimal way. They create a minimal, viable first product slice that delivers value really quickly and creates a point to start to scale more and more. The reason why this is important is because, to your earlier question, they're breaking down risk and they're breaking down cost. They're doing things small. They're doing things quick, which means that they can back off if they see that they're not adding the value they thought, if they see that they're adding in too much risk. So they stay nimble to be able to adjust and to scale, always focused on customer and business value. I know that there's someone listening who is like, okay, this two pizza team sounds great, but you don't understand my company right now. We're having a problem hiring talent. So what advice do you have for that company right now? This is a challenge with so many organizations. Talent is scarce, right? We're seeing as the appetite for data increases, so does the demand for people. There's good news here. So one is we're seeing that you do not need to have a massive army of data folks invested into your business. I gave you the example of Amazon's business earlier and how they have that ratio of like a small team serving a really big business. One of the reasons why this can, be, can happen and why any organization can take advantage of this is because with AI and generative AI stepping more into the fray, we're seeing these technologies augment specialist skills. And I'll give you some examples to bring it to life. If I'm in the business now and I need to interrogate and understand data, I don't need to be a SQL expert anymore. I can now use natural language tooling, and we have some on AWS like QuickSight Q, to be able to just use business natural language, not only to understand and query the data, but to get the so what out of the data. And generative AI is now enabling you to create the storytelling around that data. So really saving effort and time for specialist skills. Similarly, if I'm a data scientist, I don't need to know Python anymore. I can utilize natural language, you know, business user interface tools like SageMaker Canvas to deploy and create, you know, machine learning models and scale them without ever having to touch Python. So we're seeing the need and the, the opportunity for AI to help to augment these skill sets really well. And that's across the entire two pizza data team. So you think about investing and building in new data skills in your teams. Yes, you do need to have some core talent, but you can scale that talent really quickly now with AI as well. All right. This has been so good, but we've got time for one last question. So Craig, what are the five steps that you would advise for an energy company that wants to go through this cultural data transformation to be able to derive value for their business? Sure thing. So I've mentioned some of them, and this will be a handy recap, hopefully. Number one, stay focused on business value. Identify those areas where there is priority need for data and focus on delivering on those firstly. Number two, work with the business. Collaborate with them as you go. It's the only way to shift mindset in the business by working with them. Build those first two pizza teams that come together embedded in the business with business and data people. 
and take that minimal viable product first slice approach. Show value quick, gather feedback, evangelize about those successes to other parts of the business. And as you can do that, you can move faster and faster and start to scale and transform as you go. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Craig, for being here today. And then any resources that people should go to if they want to actually get started? Yeah, please do. If you want to see more or hear more about the stories I've shared, some of the programs we have to help in this space, check out our data strategy website. It's on aws.amazon.com forward slash data forward slash data strategy. And you can get a whole bunch of interesting assets and topics and, and thought leadership articles there to dive deeper on. I love it. Craig, thank you so much for being here on the ADBus podcast. Thanks so much, Gillian. It's great fun. Hopefully we'll do it again.